This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Takes it his own 17-yard line up to the, fifth, the 20, the 25, the 30. He's off to the races. 40, 50, 45, 40, 35, 30, 25, 20. There goes Deontay Johnson with a punt return touchdown. I don't see any markers down. Do you? I still don't see any markers down. <laughs> but indeed, that was, I believe, the last time, or yeah, last time that the Steelers and Cardinals tangoed. The great Deontay Johnson took one back to the house. And indeed, that you could hear it in Billy's voice and you could hear the crowd. That was absolutely spectacular. Great, great call by Billy. Love that. So here we are, Max. We are less than 48 hours out. And there's a this this whole I, I I've been watching film and I, I gotta tell you the cards the cards are hurting, buddy. Yeah, uh, in the words of the great Larry David, they're 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 pretty not bad bad. <laughs> pretty not bad bad. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I, they're just bad. They're just your normal bad. They're not bad bad. Okay. But they're normal bad. <laughs> well, they're sitting here at two and ten. I'm you know I'm, I'm looking. I'm going. You know, offensively, you got Trey McBride. Okay, I'll give you that. You got yourself, Mar- you know, Hollywood Brown. Uh, you know, and there, there's some, you know, you got James Conner, but it's really Kyler Murray. I mean, because half the time, first of all, do you think he can see over the line, linemen? Do you think? Absolutely not. Yeah, Absolutely that's, what, not. that's what I'm wondering. He is short, no. man. He is Polly Pocket short. <laughs> pocket yeah you know exactly so you look at him and it looks like he's constantly going up on his toes bouncing around he's got to make sure that he 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 keeps himself in open spaces because he needs that ability to be able to see in front of him and it's just i don't know it it, there's not i I look at this and he doesn't look good throwing the ball he switches his feet when he throws you know, yeah, I mean, he, it's just kind of bad footwork. Yeah, but yeah. his footwork is bad. Um, you know, this transition in this new offense, um, you know, has been a transition. I mean, right. Yes, he's had his moments where, you know, he'll he'll come in and he'll do something that'll be amazing. But everything he does has to be on the move. It yeah. has to be outside. It has to be a moving pocket so that he can find those lanes to throw between kind of like Drew Brees. Back in his career, like Drew, what made Drew so good was that his line was good and they could open the lanes for him so he could see where his receivers were. So he had a lot of um, timing, anticipatory throws that he had to adjust for. And Kyler doesn't have it because Kyler's always been the supreme athlete, right? Right, absolutely. He's always been the fastest guy on the field. He's always been, you know, the shiftiest. And that works until you get a knee injury. Right. And you're rehabbing from that knee injury. So now you rely back on, on your talent. And his talent, you realized, was not in the pocket being stationary. He must be mobile. So how do you stop that? How do you continue to emphasize that? You have to pressure him in a contained fashion because the worst place that he could be is actually in the pocket, right? Because it's just Absolutely. as bad as having hands in your face like you know, like TJ and what Cam do. And right. what they try and prevent the passing lane. But just physically being in the lane causes the same effect. Hands are optional. 
and it's a bonus if you can get him up there. And, you know, this offensive line has been reeling from injuries. You got a new guy on there um, in Paris Johnson Jr. at the right tackle, a highly touted first-round pick. There's been a lot of of capital on him. And, you know, D.J. Humphreys, solid vet on the left side, but they're going to have their hands full in the middle. You got Will Hernandez, who's okay, Froholt. Um, you know, they're okay. How do you okay. say his first name? I'm not even going to attempt it. Provoce. <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking at that going, all right, that's got to be Billy. I'm going to have to wait until Billy says it. Yeah, you know? exactly. I mean, I Whatever mean it's in the pronunciation said. guide for the Cardinals. I mean, but, And it's still not yeah. helping. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's way too many consonants in there. I need more vowels. Yes. I need more vowels. It's like, excuse me, can, can I buy a vowel? Can I buy a vowel? For, no, you can't buy that here? Yeah, okay. I know. It's ridiculous. But, yeah. you know, Kyler Murray exactly so what you're talking about. I mean, if you can make him throw out of a well, you got a great advantage because that well is too deep for him. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The well is, is tough for him. And I think that's why he relies on a lot of if – you, if you noticed um, last couple of games, right – the swing passes to sure. the running backs. Like, that's why James Conner is so valuable to him and why, you know, it'll be imperative for a Landon Roberts to do a Landon Roberts-type things, right? Um, because he's going to look for those outlets. Trey McBride as well. Trey, you know, he runs some stuff in the middle of the field that he can kind of throw a little bit of a loop pass to, but it's right. really short, quick, or something where he's dragging across the formation right. so that Kyler can pick him up at some point. Um but that's where he is, you know, and, and like you said, it's like just knowing from the get-go if Hollywood Brown beats you off the ball and man press, then he's going to then he's gonna throw a Hail Mary, which, you know, is not exact. He hasn't been really good with those down-the-field throws this season. No. And the timing, because he, had, he, hadn't, he hadn't thrown, really. He hadn't developed that rapport with the receivers within this new system. So, you know, I think as I talk about it, Wolf, you know, it's something where I feel good – but I don't want it to be a false sense of confidence as well, because right, because this team can beat you. I mean, you look at oh, granted, yeah. it was with Josh Dobbs, well, look but at they Dallas. beat the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. yeah, they beat the Dallas Cowboys, so they have the personnel that's good enough to do that. So I don't want to overlook that. But you know, there are those concerns, right? Kyler Murray, height, pocket awareness, and the, and he and he can be sacked now because yep. I, I I watched the Rams do it. Yep, and you know also. He can be turned over. He will throw an errant pass, and I think that's a that's a good thing because he's going to try and loft the ball and guess where his guy is, as opposed to being able to clearly see him. So, really, a lot of the the blitzing that we do is more for plugging holes and forcing guys to stay in tight. I don't want to, see, you know, I don't really don't want to see wide pass rushes. I think this is one where you're going to have to try and stay on guys' bodies um, or cross rush in yeah. between. Yeah, mush rush style. Um, you know, but not freewheeling off the edge because he that's what he wants. Absolutely. He wants that D gap, C gap defender to blow past him so that he has an outlet to escape. So you have to be a lot more measured that you get to level and squeeze in when you, you're rushing him. You know, when I, as I'm watching film, what, what strikes me, it just comes to mind, is thinking, watching him, he, he's, it's almost like a, a frenetic progression for him. He's hopping, hopping, and he's – it's like, you know, quick quick twitch here, there. He's kind of all over the place, it seems like. And then it's almost like he guesses at times because, yeah, obviously, if you get too many hands in his face, 
If he's got to guess where the he doesn't, he just doesn't look real confident and smooth in in going through his progressions. No, no. I mean, and once again, this is week four of him running a brand new offense. In well, season, that's right? true. That's true. Also, so that's so a yeah. Good so point. It, so yeah. So it's 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 still gonna be herky. I mean, hell. I mean, we had this offense for three years, and it still looked herky jerky at the beginning of the season. <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah. You know. Um, so I think that when you add that together. It's a perfect storm for us, and then you look at the weather. They're 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 a dome team. Right. It's going to add some complications for Kyler because, like you said, he likes to cut and everything else. You're not going to be able to cut on this on this on this grass this weekend. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like it's going to be a little it's going to be a little tough if you're not used to dealing with elements and they aren't. So the, I I think when you look at it, you have to say, okay, Kyler Murray's going to be dynamic or at least try to. We contain if he breaks, you know, when you when you go to launch, make sure you're catching a piece of, you know, whatever's there, because it's not a lot, because he's small. Um, you know, right. he, and, and, and you know, and, and crowd tackle him, take him to the ground. Um, anytime you get a chance, hit him when you can, because he's he's gonna get frustrated as well. That's the other thing. He gets frustrated very easily. Mm-hmm. So you have to get into his head early. And then that's when mistakes happen. And that's what I feel like with the Because I don't know, I do, uh, you know, because O'Donnell started last week. Um, but Tristan Colon is their normal starter at at the left guard position. Mm-hmm. I wonder either, not, 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 not that either one gives you a significant difference <laughs> um, right, as far right. as talent. But it will be interesting because I think Colon's got a little bit more mass and size. You know what I'm saying? Like he he's a, he's a bigger he's a bigger type guard. Whereas Carter <laughs> O'Donnell is, you know, it, it's funny you say this, right? I mean, and I think it's all like relative because it's like it's a height thing. Because like oh, yeah. Carter O'Donnell is a lot taller than Tristan Cologne. <laughs> he needs smaller guys up front. He he needs smaller guys. Wolf Wolf, are you are you available to play? <laughs> I had a feeling that was going that way. You got to go back to the 80s. He would have fit right in in the the 80s offensive line. Everybody was 6'1 and 6'1 and a half, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. They've got a lot bigger since then. So, you know, and that's kind of a victim of what it is. You have the supreme athleticism, but you sacrifice height for that, right? So what is it? Do you want speed or do you want to be able to see? Um, You know, um, but I think that that's kind of that'll be interesting to see who starts. You know, if you if you're going to put, you know, a Cologne in over O'Donnell just because of height purposes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no doubt about he, it. He he, he needs something, and he's definitely going to wear the inch and a half spikes. You know, he's going to wear right. the, the thick spikes. So he, he needs high heels in them. <laughs> he, yeah, I was going to say he might have those heel the boots. heels up. Yeah, the yeah, exactly, boots. exactly. Exactly. No, he's he's gonna have them, them uh, the the, the Frenchy Fuqua specials. You Let know me what I'm ask saying? you because <laughs> you've seen him over the years. You know, is he is he one of these guys that uh, gets hit a little bit too much and then decides, you know, I don't like this kind of turtles. And I, when I said doesn't yeah. mean that he quits, but it it takes something out of him. Yeah. No. He he's a guy you 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 have you have to hit. I think. Right. I, I think oh you yeah. Have to hit him um, because. Like you said, it's not that he turtles, but he gets nervous. Okay. He gets really nervous and he gets agitated. Okay. Like, so it's not really, 
you know, a turtling, like he kind of goes into a shell right? and it becomes shell shock. It's more so he gets so antsy and fidgety because of it and he that won't... it forces him to, to be errant. Yes, it forces him to be errant because it's it's hard to stay calm, cool, and collected while you're waiting the routes to, to develop and then to go through yeah. your progressions. You trust that, that your lineman's pushing him one yard deeper behind you versus hitting you. You know what I'm saying? So now you start to feel the, the footsteps – you know, you start to you start to see the ghosts, and you start to rush your progression, and uh, and it can be bad. And and l- listen, the Rams did that last week. Yeah, you, the, you yep. saw how frenzied they got him in. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. It, after that first drive of the game, and then of course, you know, in that second half, they really got to him, and you know, you could tell he's not comfortable in this offense. I mean, no. he has dynamic moments, but he can't. It's not a sustainable, manageable, like we're just chewing wood because it's just dink and dunk, and then you try and take a deep shot, and you pray that your player – you can put your receivers in a position to have some run after the catch. And so so Drew Petzing is aware of that, their OC for the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's trying to build in those confidence boosters and those quick hitters <laughs> so that he can, he can get into a rhythm. And you see them try and do that, but – you know, I, I think, you know, linebacking core is going to be key about swarming to the ball immediately, right. not a lot of yards after the catch, because that's what they're predicated on. They want the yards after the catch. They want to grind, grind, grind with James Conner. Right. D- you know, pop it over the top, try and get Trey Bride in a seam route, try and get him on, on a deep drag and try and let something happen. And then, of course, once you pay attention to McBride, then go over the top to Marquise Brown a couple times a game. Well, I, I got a feeling Terrell Austin is going to have a little something to say about that. I think, uh, you know, <laughs> disguising a couple of blitzes, making him. Let's see, what was it? Who was that the psychologist? Nietzsche, right? He said, my, oh, yeah. my, my, my task is to make the uh, client uh, uncomfortable or something like that, you know? Or was that Nitschke, yeah. the, the Green Bay linebacker? <laughs> yeah. <it's- laughs> One of the Nietzsche, two. Nitschke, yeah, I'm sure, you know, you know they're, they both, all, they're all in there. They both made him uncomfortable, but we're going to get comfortable yeah. because coming up, we have the great Missy Matthews, and Max is going to be here to kick it off with Missy Matthews when we come back in the locker room, Wolf Starks and the Ninjas. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Every time I hear this music, it brings a smile to my face, you know, for multiple reasons. A, I feel like Notorious B.I.G. is about to, like, race a cigarette boat, like, in my mind, like, across... Miami Bay, um, but more so because we get to bring in Missy Matthews, and you know, Missy, it is it is it is always a pleasure to have you in here on Fridays to get the to get the band together. You know, we're just missing <laughs> Billy, which we know he has Pit Panther duty, and he's probably somewhere studying. You know, uh, some basketball scores are flying from somewhere for a basketball tournament. So, but um, but you know, Missy, as we look at this game. Um, you know, Wolf and I kind of talked about, hey, they're pretty not good because, you know, obviously the record's 2-10. and ten. Um, But, you know, for the Steelers, you know, what is what, what are some of the pitfalls they have to avoid um, in this game to make sure that there's no letdown? 
Well, I think it's almost weird in the sense that last week was rejuvenating for the Steelers' offense, and they got this taste of spreading the ball out, um, getting over 400 yards in total offense, and I think they're hungry to score more points And what better team to do it against. You get to go back <laughs> home. It's a 1 o'clock game. It's going to be football weather as heck. Um, so I'm not necessarily that worried as maybe I would be per se if this was a totally different circumstance, but they're five and zero against teams with a record under 500 this year. So right. I don't know. I, I feel pretty good to be honest. Very good. I like that. That's the way to bring a little enthusiasm into the locker room on a Friday. Missy, I got to ask you because James Conner has a real history here. He's played, uh, you know, what, four years of three, four years. He was with the Steelers and then at Pitt and everything else. And, People know his story. What do you think the reception's going to be for James Conner? It's funny you say that. I was uh, talking to a family member about this, and I was like, do you think it's going to be like hockey? You know, when a former player goes back and they do, like, a tribute video. I'm not saying there's going to be a tribute video, but those fans of the former player, like, standing go, give them, right. like, a round of applause. I, I kind of feel like that's going to be the vibe for James Conner. Because everybody in Pittsburgh loved him, not just his teammates and the coaches, as we've heard throughout the entire week, but the fans too. So I could see Steelers Nation giving him some love. I, I could too. Uh, th- if yeah. there's if there's a better quality young man we've known on the Steelers for, I don't know, for a long time, I don't know him because I, I have such respect for James and what he's overcome and how he – you know, one of the things that always I loved about him, watching him in pregame when he was here as a player, people would hang signs that says, James, I can beat cancer because you beat cancer. And he would go over right. and he would take that moment in time to encourage them in whatever, you know, whatever med- medical shape they were in, he would encourage them even before a game like that. I just – I, I, that just always amazed me that he could do that. That was really, I, I thought that was special. Yeah, he definitely had a really unique way of connecting with fans in a football environment. I remember vividly a game in Cincinnati, um, which is funny because we were just there, where there was a little kid, I want to say he was like 8, 10, something like that. And James made sure that he did not care who else wanted an autograph, like, one-on-one time with him, even though he was down on the field, you, he was just so engaged. Yeah. Um, and as you said, that's just one of the many countless times that he did that. I did think of, it was a little funny though. I was reading some of the Arizona Cardinals um, articles on their website this morning. And James said that he doesn't want to talk to anybody on the Steelers side <laughs> until after the game. <laughs> so no like pregame hugs or anything like that. He was like, no, nah, like after the game, I'll say hi. And he, you know, he's going to have 10 to 20 family members and friends in attendance. But um, yeah, I think he's all business coming back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it will be big business. It, l- l- listen, listen. Am I and am, am I asking for a large amount of booze? No. <laughs> um, you know, because I mean, James, you know, means a lot to the city of Pittsburgh. Like you said, I mean, this stadium was his rock. You know, it started his career collegiately as well as professionally. There's good memories here, like you said. I mean, he, he's a he, he he's a local guy, but at the same time. <laughs> You can boo on third downs and got to have a situation. <laughs> it, let's, be, let's be frank, but hopefully we take him out of the game as a, as a, um, as a, as a, as a runner 
pretty early by putting points on the board and forcing them to pass um, would be my guess. And then, you know, James Conner, the receiver, catching a swing or check down route for, you know, before the sticks on third and eight, he catches it for four. Hey, bravo. 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 <laughs> you know what? Keep padding those stats. But, uh, no, I, I, w- I, I, I will not cheer for you when you make first down, sir. I will not. I refuse. Um, no, I, I, I doubt that will happen either. But like you said, like yeah. a, a three or four yard run, something like that. Because, you know, the P, like Larry Richard announces those things. I think that's when Steelers fans will be like, okay, cool. You score a touchdown. We're booing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Don't, don't try and exactly. jump in the crowd. Don't try and high five anybody. Just take the ball, hand it to the ref and run to the sidelines, get yeah. some Gatorade. Okay. Just don't even <laughs> just duck your head down. Just duck your head down. Um, you know, <laughs> M- M- Missy, you know, what, what's kind of been, you know, the, the, um, the kind of buzz and what have you heard from the coordinators from Sully and Faulkner? Uh, specifically, just kind of about how that first week went, you know, calling the plays, coordination, and what are they looking to kind of build upon? What are they looking to do better this week that they didn't do uh, the previous week? Um, I, you know, so, or sorry, Eddie Faulkner is the one that takes over the like media responsibility, so we don't get a chance to hear from Mike Sullivan. Oh, okay. um, but I think you know Eddie just reiterated what every player has like. We were happy with what happened. We got the total yardage. We broke that nasty 58-game streak, but we have to score points. And he was very complimentary, which I thought was cool, of all the different position coaches, Pat Meyer, talking about the run game, um, just the collaboration between him and Mike Sullivan and how that first week went. And Coach Tomlin reiterated several times during his press conference this week, last week was so weird. It happened on a Tuesday morning where the world found out what happened. These guys did not even know until Tuesday morning that their jobs were changing. That's how the players found out. And then you had Thanksgiving, and they still practice, but it's still a, a different week. So this is really their first formal, normal week. I'm using this in air quotes that you can't see. <laughs> um, so I think that will help them in terms of game planning. But, you know, he even gave a shout-out to Allen Robinson and said, hey, he's a guy that we highlighted at a meeting because he's been in this league, he's made a lot of money, but he does the dirty work and he loves to do the dirty work. And I think, you know, just kind of pumping everybody up and making sure that everybody stays in this team-oriented mindset, which I think, Max, especially being down on the sideline, we both saw really come together live in person in that Cincinnati game. And you've just seen that carry on throughout this week and, I have no doubt in my mind it will carry on as they move forward in the, the end of the regular season. You know, they, I, I'm sitting there watching and reading the stats, and they run a lot of the two safeties high. And I'm sitting to myself, I'm thinking to myself, I wonder if they're going to watch that film from last week and look at Friermuth and go, <laughs> we might want to cover this guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> he was the leading receiver for week. What was it? Twelve? Yeah, thirteen. Thir- no, twelve. Sorry, I'm losing count. Um, But, you know, I just think that it was so great to see and for them to stick with it. But they also still were running the ball. They were balanced. Mm -hmm. It was complimentary between offense and defense. Um, I think, obviously, special teams need to clean some things up as they move forward. But we've also seen games this season where special teams have saved their butts. So I think it's December football. Uh, It's December today. December football starts on Sunday. We know how good the Steelers are under Coach Tomlin at home. They're like 29 and 11. Um, 
And as you said, it's a two and ten team, and it's not you know anybody can win any day and any game, but it's just crazy. Even the amount of injuries that that team has dealt with. One of their game notes, which normally it's you know highlighting positive things, was that they have 97 games missed due to injury wow. just this year, and that involves 27 players. Oh man. Wow. I mean, mm. that screams two and ten, and you kind of go, all right, that makes sense. I mean, that's that's an absurd amount, and clearly that leads the league by a very large margin. Um, and this doesn't even include guys that they put on IR in training camp or the preseason. This is strictly regular season. So I don't want to say the Steelers can go in here and be super high and, like, no big deal, but I think it's the perfect time to continue the momentum and I don't know about you guys but I'm pretty excited if we see TJ Watt Cam Hayward and Minka Fitzpatrick on the field in uniforms at the same time because we have not seen that since week one wow yeah and we really only got what like two or three series of that <laughs> right it wasn't even a full game yeah. right yeah. yeah it wasn't even a full it wasn't even full half I'm like geez no I was like, I was like how happy will that be uh, for everybody involved, but you're right. I mean, it, and, and I feel like this is a ripe game. If you're going to have quote unquote a feel good game, why not do it in December? And why not do it with the first game in December to kick things off? Because you know where the Steelers are and all the questions that have been surrounding them. What, are you going to completely dispel them? Absolutely not. But it would be nice to have that one comfortable victory. At least, you know, where not everybody is re- has a defibrillator charged up, you know, next to their couch. Um, it, w- it, w- it would be nice. Um, you know, Missy, also looking at kind of, we're talking about Minka coming back. And, you know, we, we heard about the, the Cardinals injuries, 97 games missed. And, of course, you know, also, you know, they, they traded away a guy who had some starts for him. So that, that doesn't help either um, when you're looking at that number. But, you know. We have like the, this mixture of emotions on both sides, right? Because you got Mason Cole, Patrick Peterson, um, and Marcus Golden, former Cardinals, uh, drafted by the Cardinals, and now playing against their old team, as well as Kelvin Beecham and James Conner, former Steelers, mm-hmm. playing against their old team. Just kind of, you know, kind of the mood. I think, you know, did you did were, did Mason Cole or Patrick any of them talk about facing their old squad on Sunday? I haven't heard either of those guys talk about it directly, but I know, you know, Patrick Peterson faced them the past two seasons with Minnesota. So yeah. this isn't going to be the first time. I don't know if it's any different because of the like really weird, but I don't know. I think we're so used to the Cardinal Steeler connection. They um, have 110 individuals who have played for both teams in their NFL careers. <laughs> like, wow. I don't know. That number seems crazy to me. And the fact that you have five of them in just this game, as you mentioned, all of those guys, um, there just always seems to be that weird connection between the two. Wolf, I, you know, I listened to the Wolf off this morning on DBE. <laughs> I, I knew who your voice was. I was, I was concerned that I might be a little confused, but I was good. <laughs> I knew which one you were. Thank you, Missy. That's so kind of you. <laughs> you know, it's funny because it, one of the things it, here's the thing about offensively. I'm looking at this and I'm thinking they've they've broken through the dreaded 400 barrier, me yard barrier, 
You know, um, they actually scored less than they have in the past, you know, from 16.5 to 16 points. How confident do you think this offensive unit is? Is this a you think maybe it's a growing confidence, or is it, you know, you kind of the internal pressure to translate those yards into touchdowns and points? Is that a growing thing that could eradicate the fact that hey, we celebrate, we move the ball, we're rolling the chains, we're doing all the good stuff, we just got to get better in the red zone? How do you think it's going? I, well, obviously, I think red zone is a hot topic and a high priority, obviously, going one and four uh, last week against Cincinnati. I, I don't want to say – I kind of get the, the gist that, like, the offense got their swagger back. Okay. Like, I'm not saying they have, like, the swagger of the preseason offense, but they got their mojo back, Wolf, as you would say. <laughs> um, I just felt like good things came out of that Cincinnati yeah. game, even though they should have had more than one touchdown. Yeah. Um, and you can't always rely on Boz. But I think baby steps, it wasn't a step back. So I, I don't know. I look at it that way. And as we've kind of been talking in circles about it, like, I mean, this is the perfect game to, I don't want to say get right, but to put your money where, you're, you know, to where your mouth it. is. In terms of all the forces. What this, yeah. Yeah. It just, it seems to make sense. And I mean, it's going to do yeoman's work for them moving forward. You have a quick week, a very short week, because then the Patriots come to town next Thursday. But then you start looking at all those other games and the AFC games that are, you know, going to matter and could be tiebreakers, who knows. Um, And I just think this is a a great challenge, yet a great opportunity for them to really continue the work that we saw and build upon it. No, absolutely. Um, This is going to be a fun one. And, you know, I know it it will be it will be Steeler weather out there on Sunday. (laughs) I'm already bracing myself, Missy. Um, I went went ahead and broke down and I bought the heated vest. I went ahead and did it. Um, I knew you'd come around, Max. I knew you'd come around. I couldn't couldn't do the heated gloves, though. Missy, you got a heated no, vest. No, that's what hand warmers are for, right? Yes, exactly. Wait a minute. Explain this heated vest. Wait a minute. Come on. What's up with this? Oh, well, it's amazing. Uh, really? It literally is just battery operated. I, I charge mine. I don't even need to use the batteries. And you press a little button, and that thing heats up, keeps you warm and toasty, and it lasts all game. It's one of the greatest purchases I have made in my life. Well, I got one you know. to beat you. Just I, I'm fat. I, that's how I heat up. <laughs> yeah. l- l- listen, fat freezes though. Well, fat freezes. That's why you put bacon grease in the freezer. Um, you know, listen. I, I I I was all about it, and then you know, then I embraced you know Olaf, you know, from Frozen, yes. the snowman. He said, my name is Olaf. I love warm hugs. That's what this vest is. It's like a warm hug. So, you know, we, we, we now have to brave the elements since you now have the cush life. You can optionally open a window to experience a little bit of said weather, but in a climate controlled environment, um, you know, I, I, I was like, yeah, no, I'm not going through this. I, re- I remember Christmas Eve last year. Um, so right. I will not fall into that trap of men and men, menly men, men. Like there's no more O-line finds for me. So I, I don't care. I, I, I am seeking comfort uh, in this moment because I'm still out in the elements, but there's nothing wrong with having some sleeves finally. So 
Welcome to the dark side. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And, there, and, and, and there's fruit <laughs> snacks. There's fruit snacks on the dark side. I found out. Yeah, so, we don't get the good halftime snacks like Woof, so we have to bring our <laughs> yeah. own. We're, we are exactly. literally, we're like, you know, world travelers down on the field scraping for whatever we can get. Missy, this exactly. is what you do. This is 20 years of me being on the <laughs> sidelines. I used to go up to Doc Bradley and go, hey, Doc, when you come out, will you bring a couple of those power bars? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so he was smuggling them out of the locker room for me. But now they have Uncrustables. That's smart. Wolf. Survival of the fittest. Un- That's right. They have Uncrustables now. They, they've upgraded from oh, Power Oh, cut bars. it out. Oh, yeah, there, wow. Yeah, there's Uncrustables in there now. So, yeah. Ooh, that's of course, nice. we're not allowed in the said locker room. So, like you said, smuggling those. you got to talk to Doc Bradley. Is, 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 he's less inclined to, to, to smuggle an Uncrustable to the sideline oh, versus okay. a Power Bar. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Who, want, who, want, who, who wants a jelly and peanut butter sandwich in their pocket, especially if he forgets to give it to us? Because we have to remind him now to give us the gum. You know, because the gut, when, right. he, when he gives us the gum, good things happen. And then when he forgets, we're like, come on, where's the gum? And then yep. something good happens immediately afterwards. He's like, oh, I know, I know, I know. He, I did, not, yeah, he did not give us any gum in the first quarter, and look what happened. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then as soon as he gave it to us, boom, we, start, we, started, we started clicking. So we're, we're going to get on Doc Bradley about being more efficient with his gum distribution um, on the sidelines. <laughs> uh, Missy, it has been such a pleasure. We appreciate it so much. And, of course, we will see you, and you all can hear us on the sidelines come Sunday, 1 o'clock kick in Akershire Stadium as we take on the Cardinals. Thanks, Missy. Have a great rest of your day. You got it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Missy. All right, we're going to step aside. We'll be back with more Locker Room Talk after this. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. His team trails by 10. Shotgun snap. He's back. He waits. He wants to run. He's coming to the near sideline. Throws it on the run. Intercepted. That is T.J. Watt with an end zone pick. And that for Mr. Watt is his second Oski of the season. Wow. You know, you take a look at T.J. Watt, I always get, I get like uh, all fired up because this dude really produces. And I'm looking, I'm thinking, I'm Paris Johnson Jr. there. Uh, you know what? This could be a real a real turning point in the, in the game was what happens at that right tackle slash left outside linebacker position. I mean, Max, look at this. In okay, in let's see, forty-seven games on the road, fifty-one games at home. T.J. Watt has one hundred and twelve solo tackles at on the road, one hundred and sixty-two at home, forty-four assists on the road, fifty-six at home, thirty and a half sacks on the road, sixty and a half at home, four fumble recoveries on the road, six fumble recoveries on the road. But here's the one that really is kind of confusing. You got six interceptions on the road, one interception at home, and maybe it's because he's too busy sacking at home. Yeah, you know, I mean, think about it. Yeah, he, he's more, he's more, he's more uh, interested in sacking than snatching. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, right. I yeah, you they snatch put- it on the road because you're like, hey, okay, you know, it's a little bit too easy with, with all of the crowd, you know, lack of crowd noise. It's quiet. 
And so he's like, you know what? His other senses start to kick in, and now he's able to go snatch a ball out the air. But, you know, he he's he's he has one thing in mind when he gets home. That's kicking his that's kicking his feet up literally because that's a part of his sack dances doing 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 the doing uh, doing the foot kick the front kick right. Um, then uh, then he worries think- about you know doing 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 some burpees. Let me ask you this: Would you pull a hammy doing that front kick he does? I would. I mean, right now, uh, <laughs> first of yeah. all, the leg wouldn't go that high. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it would be like you remember back in the day who who was it. Who was who was the um, who was the guy that used to used to have the square toe boot for, for oh, kicking? Lou Groza. Yeah, Lou Groza. The toe. Yeah, the square toe. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I would I would use a square toe just front kick. It would get maybe <laughs> maybe waist high. So you know, you know that's about it. But yeah, it would definitely be like kicking the doggy door. It wouldn't be kicking the door in. <laughs> you know, it, I think I would end up falling over if I got if it got too high. Like it gets. He, he yeah, no, no, you don't want to. Yeah, you don't want to get off balance. You know, it's just hey, it, it's, it's it's like a bunt and kickball. You know what I'm saying? Like you know what the intent is. You know, don't don't don't. My God, the height makes it more exhilarating. You know, at our age, it's like no. It's like, can you at least tell that it looks like a kick? Like like he That's like true. it wasn't like, you know, because I mean we we take that effort where you don't want to bend down to sh- tie your shoe. You know what I'm saying? You try and find like a little ledge or something. To prop it up so you can just bend like that. That's the height you need. That's it. About a one foot ledge, you know, just like, you know, it, it's no need. Why, why? Why kick it up three feet? Three feet's not going to make that big of a difference. That's you know, right. Three you're foot, right. one foot. You're not You're not making a, an object travel further. All we're doing is yeah. a exhibition of our athleticism. This isn't kickball. This isn't kickball. You know what I'm saying? It's not kickball. Oh, it's my football. heavens. Yeah. Can you imagine the think about it though, the discrepancy between away and home, how much it is, you know, in, in, in so much of it is, it's the crowd. It's Steelers Nation coming out large, coming out loud, making it, it you know, deafening. And so you get on that silent count, man, and a guy like TJ, he can just make that silent count work for him like magic. Oh, yes he can. I mean, no nobody has that instinctual vision and anticipation better than him. Uh, he knows how to get off the ball. And then of course he had, he has that predator. I call it the predatory stance, right? Right. Because when you look at like cheetahs and tigers and lions, when they're hiding, hiding in the high grass, you know, they're in, the, they're in that four point stance about, about to pounce. That's what TJ looks like. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he has, he had, he has that apex predator look to him uh, in pre-snap and, and he, he, and when smells blood in the water meaning a nervous or young or unsure inefficient tackle it, it, it's game over absolutely it's game over. call national geographic well there's something else over too and that's the first hour of in the locker room Woo-hoo! yes <laughs> we're in the locker room and we are going to be back after this as max winds it up for the power hour coming up next stay here stay tuned you're up next max in the locker room